Hi, She 2.0 listeners. This is Ramona. And I'm Jackie. Jackie, we are so lucky because on today, when our listeners listen to this, we can tell them we've both had our first vaccinations. Yay! Yes, we can. And I'm really humbled and happy and trying to feel positive about the future. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming, Ramona. It's coming. It's coming. It's on on pause. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So that's exciting. Um, I wanted that stamped like in our podcast as, as today. And I also am really excited about the podcast today because it's a subject that I know you and I talk about privately all the time. And it's something that I've yet to try, you've tried, but I'm really excited to try. And that's on the subject of psilocybin and microdosing. Yeah. So today we have Irie Selkirk on, who's the co-founder of Good Cap Wellness. Um, Irie, I've, I've been following Irie for a few years. I've talked to her a lot about cannabis and how that can help with menopause and uh, health and wellness. Um, Irie's fascinating. She is super savvy, super smart. She's a social entrepreneur in the natural medicine and psychedelics industry. Um, and she also has started a resort in Jamaica that is on pause because of the pandemic where they offer um, experiences in macrodosing. But if you want to know more about that, you'll have to tune in. Irie is going to talk to us today about psilocybin and microdosing. And this topic arose Ramona, from the book that you and I were reading, A Really Good Day, where the author um, in the U.S. talks about how her marriage was really kind of suffering and her relationship with her kids was suffering um, because she was going through menopause and, and so much stress and everything around it. And she turned to microdosing to help balance things out and what a remarkable difference it made in her life. Yeah, so have a listen to Irie Selkirk. Hi, Irie. This is, uh, we're so excited to have you join us today. Um, This topic on psilocybin is something that Jack and I are really passionate about. I know Jack has tried microdosing, which we'll get into, um, and I'm... I'm so interested in it, and I'm so excited about today's episode. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Nice to be podcasting with you again, Irie. (laughs) One of my favorite places to podcast with you, Jack, always. Thank you. (laughs) Well, today, um, as Ramona mentioned, we've been getting a lot of questions. Like We put posts out on our Facebook group, and we talk about different things that we've both tried to help us navigate perimenopause and menopause. And um, obviously the psilocybin is a hot one because there's so much, um, there are a lot of questions around it, but there is a lot of concern around it as, you know, as we've talked about in the past with cannabis, when cannabis was first legalized and people didn't really understand the difference between CBD and THC, we're kind of in that, I feel like we're in that same area with the psilocybin. And um, this whole topic got launched with Irie, um, with you, because we talked about that book, A Really Good Day, um, which was about the author in the US who was struggling with marriage and menopause and her career, and she started to microdose using LSD. So Mm -hmm. Ramona and I have cracked that book open and gone through it, and um, it was refreshing to see her attitude change as the book progressed and her experience progressed. Um, But let's back up a bit. Can you just give us a bit of a breakdown on what psilocybin is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And the nice thing is psilocybin doesn't come with all of that counterculture baggage that LSD does. So uh, psilocybin is a a naturally occurring uh, molecule that's um, uh, serotogenic once it is um, consumed by our bodies. So, um, you know, we spoke about cannabis before, and I know that, you know, it was, you know, terpenoids and CBD and, and THC and all these things. So uh, when we're talking about fungi, we're talking about alkaloids, um, and psilocybin is the active molecule that creates the, um, the mind manifesting effect. And how does it work when we're talking about like specifically menopause? How can, how can we benefit from using psilocybin? Mm, Yeah. Um, Well, in many different ways. So, um, you know, we have found that, you know, humans have utilized 
psilocybin uh, and different uh, mind-altering psychoactive natural, natural and plant um, I say plant allies as, as sort of friends to us in our in our healthcare for for millennia. So, um, using uh, different substances at different times of your life and different times of your hormonal cycle can be beneficial in different ways. Um, psilocybin has uh, been reported to uh, give a, sort of a, a relief uh, from stress in your day to day um, depressions and anxieties that might that might be building up. So. Um, how can it support women specifically in menopause? I would say mostly with, uh, with mood enhancement. Um, it's been reported to, um, to, uh, to really, um, I guess I'm, I'm searching for, for the word to say connection, but it, it really allows you to, to see things from a different perspective. And uh, from my understanding, uh, that can be uh, a huge stepping stone. I, I think it's, it's so important to understand you know, it, how it helps us with perimenopause and menopausal symptoms for sure. But also just like to, to talk a little bit about, for listeners who don't even really know, we're talking about shrooms here, right? Yeah, <laughs> like <we> are, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So people automatically go to that high school mindset where they were like, oh yeah, I did shrooms and I was messed up. And are you kidding me? Like I can do shrooms during the day and function. Um, but I think, so I think it's important to understand the difference between microdosing, which is the book, uh, A Really Good Day. You know, she talks about microdosing daily. And then there is macrodosing, which is more mm -hmm. of that psychedelic experience that you talk about for, um, for enhanced therapeutic benefits. Maybe could you just kind of talk a little bit about the difference between microdosing and macrodosing with psilocybin? Yeah, um, and absolutely, that and that will actually give a little bit, shine a little bit more light on, on what I was just rambling about a minute ago, because really, um, you know, you use psilocybin in, in many different ways. Um, so microdosing is absolutely beneficial um, in reported from individuals who, um, who are seeking an alternative to uh, pharmaceuticals that are available for um, different mood enhancement, because it is not a, um, it's not a very uh, intoxicating uh, experience and when we're talking about macrodosing, we're talking more about um, using a larger uh, a larger amount of the substance, and that experience is the one that you're probably a little bit more familiar with from from high school, where you know you've got something that's lasting anywhere from you know four to eight hours, and you're consuming upwards of uh, you know a gram uh, a gram of dried mushrooms. Um, upwards of, you know, uh, into therapeutic doses, you get into four or five or grams, and those are uh, considered um, very intensive therapeutic doses. Uh, and that's really kind of where we're hearing um, different things in the news about psilocybin being very beneficial for depression and PTSD. And of course, up here in Canada, we do have patients who have received exemptions from Health Canada, from the government to utilize uh, psilocybin in their therapies. And so when we're reading stories about that in the media and, and seeing that, it is usually referring to a macrodose experience. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about microdosing, we're looking at really under a gram and, and mostly between uh, you know, 100 uh, milligrams to 500 milligrams, and that would be a 0.1 or a 0.5 of a dried gram of mushrooms. So you don't even really feel that like um, I was Ramon, I don't know if I was explaining this to you, but when I tried it, um, I was really nervous to try it. We made sure that my daughter was at my parents' house <laughs> and it was a microdose, but mm -hmm. we were both really like, uh oh, what's going to happen? So nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. And I went to the store. I couldn't believe I could function normally and came home and Greg, my husband said, yeah, it's not working. Like nothing is happening. But by the end of the day, when it had worn off and when I kind of looked back on the day, I realized as someone who has anxiety, holy crap, I just went through an entire day without a panic attack. I felt really calm. We didn't mm -hmm. argue over the stupid little things that people argue about made even worse by a pandemic and isolation. Like I, and so I started to buy uh, capsules and do them daily. And I tried different ones, Irie, that were, one was for focus, one was for brain boost, and one was mm -hmm. for stress and calm. And mm -hmm. unlike cannabis, I did notice a difference between my response to the stress capsules versus the brain boost capsules. Like I actually yeah. did notice a difference. 
Well, and we also have in, um, in the mushroom, in the fungi kingdom, um, you know, and it's actually interesting to note that fungi is its very own kingdom. It is not plant. It is not animal. It is its very own uh, uh, um, genus there. And we have uh, so many different varieties of mushrooms. And of course, we know that so many of them are toxic and you shouldn't be picking them up and eating them <laughs> off the ground. I always want to say that um, every time I'm speaking about, uh, about the different mushrooms that are available to us. Um, but they have different, uh, uh, they will produce different results when, when you consume them. So some of these uh, magic mushrooms or the psilocybe mushrooms will produce a, um, a more introspective, uh, bring you more back into your head and where you're thinking. Uh, some of them are a little bit more uplifting where you'll feel uh, lighter and giggly. And if you know, you've ever had an experience with mushrooms, you might think, well, some of them make me see stuff, right? And so some of them have uh, very different uh, results um, due to the different combination of alkaloids that, that are in there. And, um, you know, when you're using a microdose, um, often people are combining them with other synergistic uh, compounds. So, you know, I imagine that your, um, your brain boost probably had some lion's mane in there and, uh, and some other things that, that were uh, synergistic for, for that purpose in microdosing. So when you say lion's mane is a compound, what are compounds? Uh, well, lion's mane is, um, it's, it's a functional mushroom and it, it has many medicinal properties. And we find that many different mushrooms have different properties um, that have been used in traditional medicines for, uh, again, for ages, for millennia. Uh, lion's mane is a brain booster. Um, when you look at, um, you know, the different mushroom tinctures that are starting to come available online, that's where you'll find these, uh, the different uh, compounds coming together. Um, and they work uh, in synergy with with one another to um, to improve. Uh, you know, with lion's mane, it's nootropic. And uh, when we're looking at things like, for example, cordyceps, uh, cordyceps is a a medicinal or a functional mushroom that um, gives you energy. So we can use different um, different species of mushrooms to uh, to get different effects out of them um, uh, for health uh, outside of the psilocybin mushroom itself. Okay. Um, so basically, when you're looking to try microdosing, where, like, where's a good place to start? Because for many people, they don't understand, like, a mushroom is a mushroom and microdosing, you know, you can try different things for different moods. Like, where would be a good place to start to decide what you think is the best option for you? Well, currently here in Canada, um, magic mushrooms are regulated, psilocybin is regulated by the federal government as a restricted substance. So uh, what we have are patients who are accessing exemptions for that. Um, and of course, then we also have individuals who are not willing to wait for that or who do not choose that, um, that route for themselves. Um, and really, you know, uh, regardless of, of what your goals are with psilocybin or psychedelic therapies, I think it's always very important to to have a strong educational um, basis and foundation because uh, you know these are not something that we we talk about often and so it really is about finding uh, finding your way there a, from confidence. Uh, I do suggest checking out um, MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Um, they have great links and blo uh, blogs. So MAPS Canada. Um, we actually have a Toronto chapter that I've co-founded here um, to support uh, the greater organization. And, um, and there's a great community that has experience in these, um, in these medicines and in, these, in the use of these medicines that can, can provide information um, on where to start, start your journey. Okay, that's good. Because I do think a lot of people, just like cannabis, like they're nervous to try it. They mm -hmm. have a vision in their head of how it's going to go and it's not going to go well. And especially if you're a mom at home with kids and homeschooling, you really don't want, um, you want to be reassured that you're not going to have that hallucinatory, is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> hallucinatory, yeah. 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 Um, so Gwyneth Paltrow did a show, an episode on her show, um, Goop TV. Yeah. And she covered macrodosing, um, mm -hmm. and they went to a destination and they tried it, and it was very um, intense. Um, but you also have a retreat where you offer macrodosing. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Um, I can. So currently our retreat is on hiatus um, due to COVID. So we are looking at supporting uh, patients here up in Canada um, in their access goals. But the, uh, you know, the macrodose experience, I, I often get this question, you know, was, was Gwyneth Paltrow at your retreat? And, uh, and no, she was not. <laughs> she was down there, um, you know, having this experience with some facilitators. And, and they were there to do that, that sort of deep dive um, with, with a, a, higher, a higher gram dosage of magic mushrooms. And I always sort of use the, um, the metaphor of, you know, there's, uh, you know, if you look at this sort of psychedelic river and, you know, you, you know, there's always great benefit from, you know, taking a walk beside you know, the water and, and having a different perspective and, and seeing what that's about. And, and maybe that's exploring microdosing for some people. And then, uh, you know, there is also great benefit to putting your feet in the water and cooling off and, and feeling that relief and feeling that, that sensation and that experience. Uh, and that might be microdosing itself if you find yourself um, experience, you know, carrying on that path. Um, but then, you know, when you look at doing sort of uh, a deep therapeutic uh, dive, as I refer to it, uh, that's where you're really jumping in and you're committing to this experience in a way that, um, you know, ideally you've created a, a very safe container for you to have this experience. You have a therapist who can prepare you for the experience help you create the best set and setting and can support you in your, in your integration, your post-acute experience integration, as well as your, your integration into creating more you know, lasting and meaningful change in your life. Um, so, you know, for some people, they just want to, you know, skip, skip rocks and, and, you know, look at the water and, and have that experience. And for some people, they want to take that deep dive and they want to either work on, you know, a specific traumatic event or, or look at, you know, we see a lot of uh, patients in Canada applying for exemptions specifically for end-of-life anxiety, um, and there's incredible reports and, and science on how um, on how psilocybin therapy can support the many different needs of of people as they're you know seeking out is this something that I would like to um, you know have this deep therapeutic experience or is this perhaps a uh, a better alternative for me than you know taking another SSRI course or you know, having a more, um, a more natural or more holistic approach to, uh, to their self-care. When someone um, does a deeper dive, as you say, um, is it typically a singular um, experience in terms of like, they just go and they have this one big event that happens that helps sort of, um, for lack of a better term, like reset your brain or, and I mean, I guess it depends on the person you can tell me, or is this like, you know, multiple episode situation? Like ongoing therapy or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so one thing I do want to say first is that although this does offer what people refer to as, you know, um, it, it can offer for some people a feeling of a reset. This experience um, is an impetus. It is something that you act upon once you've had the experience. Um, I believe it's um, Alan Watts, or maybe it was Terence McKenna, uh, who said that you know once you get the message, you hang up the phone. So if you you know for so many people having this profound sort of ineffable uh, transformative experience, um, you know that one experience is, is what they need to take away from and then work on an integration. So what I would suggest is always having. Um, looking at uh, psychedelics as really sort of step two in, in a goal of, you know, preparing yourself for that experience and ideally having a, a therapist with you. Um, so what's happening right now as far as clinical trials are going out is you're seeing multiple experiences. And, and most retreats also offer that as well, where the individual will have an opportunity to have a macrodose um, at least twice. Uh, and then having that integration in between is absolutely critical to a successful experience, in my opinion, and, and, and is also proving uh, successful for the medical community as well. And it really is about um, understanding that, you know, there, there really is so, there is no cure, there is no quick fix, there's no one pill that you can take that's going to do it. And I think that that's kind of where we, um, you know, socially have strayed a little bit in thinking, oh, I can do this one thing and it will absolutely just fix me. You know, I'll take this pill once a day, every day, and then I'll be okay. Um, and then, you know, you find that sometimes that's not the case. And, and for those that, you know, uh, that it works, um, 
with leaps and bounds and, and absolute miracles taking place with different pharmaceuticals. Um, so definitely not, uh, you know, not looking down uh, on the on the strides taken there, but really just looking at the fact that, you know, in our lifetime, we really haven't had any evolution in mental health care. You know, we have the same things that are sort of available. And so as far as I'm concerned at this point, it's time to sort of evolve how we how we look at healthcare and how we look at ourselves. We know that we are not separate from our minds. We know that our mind and body are, are one health system, really. And you know that our health system is part of the greater health system around us. And that, that speaks to social medicine as well. So psychedelics and psilocybin and the experience uh, can very much be a healing agent and an impetus for, for healing for the individual. But the effect of, uh, of the healing on the family and the community and the relationships um, and the social medicine around that. I mean, Jack, you even said, you know, I didn't have any, any arguments, you know, like that, that is medicine to us and that is social medicine. And that's where I see being able to apply technology and science to what we know to have been true for helping manage the human condition for millennia through our relationship with natural and, and plant allies. Well, and it is important to note, like, you know, we're constantly looking for alternative therapies um, to help support our healing journeys. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in doing so, you're going to forget all the other stuff that you need to support yourself. Like when you go on antidepressants, if you're having a prescription, you're followed by a doctor, you're hopefully in therapy, you're, you're also, you're hopefully supporting the whole journey, not just taking, Mm -hmm. popping a pill every day and hoping that everything is fine. Now, I want to park the, you know, the bigger event and just focus more on microdosing for a minute because I feel like this is something that might resonate with some of our listeners and that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the one thing that women struggle with or many things that women struggle with in their menopause journey is their mental health sometimes because of there is an increase in anxiety. Um, women struggle with their cognitive control. Um, there's, there's just a lot of change happening and they're feeling a lot less grounded, um, during this time of their life. Rage and some, you know, um, patients feeling overwhelmed so easily. Like, I feel like all of those things are just tied right into perimenopause and menopause. And from what I, I've read and from what I understand from microdosing, it could really help with a lot of the the mental health challenges, I'll call them, that women have during this time of their lives. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would even kind of, you know, try to, like we, we pathologize everything so much, right? So it's almost kind of like our relational experiences because, um, you know, it's when first of all, women are not prepared for um, any information or education around menopause. So when you start to have, and so, you know, when you start to have um, experiences where, you know, you're struggling with coping and and emotional self-regulation and these sorts of things, you're like, I have been practicing this my whole life. Why do I not have this under control? Like this is, you know, (laughs) so it's very disarming and disorienting and, and can be um, you know, uh, a complex experience when, when you're, you know, trying to, um, when you're trying to navigate, uh, when you're trying to navigate a pandemic as it is. Um, but as far as, um, you know, when I mentioned earlier, being able to have a different perspective, um, this is sort of an example that, that I use often uh, in my own microdosing uh, journey, which I use, uh, I use microdosing to support my, my cycle and absolutely do find it more beneficial um, in in the weeks leading up to my to my period where I am feeling um, more um, at risk to uh, to not be able to to regulate or to feel like I need to withdraw and it we moved into a new house and I looked out a window once and I saw that the you know, beautiful view but there was this one antenna that was sticking up and it was the ugliest antenna I'd ever seen and I was so incredibly frustrated this antenna was in my view and you know bitched about it and how you know this was a frustration to me and then I you know I kind of went traveling we were doing the retreat and I was having um, you know supporting my myself with microdosing and I remember at one point looking out the window and I looked over and I went oh 
that antenna is still there. And it was almost kind of like it had just shifted the perspective of the way that I looked out my own window. And that for me was really something that kind of shook the way that, that I, I looked at these because we know that there's um, increased neuroconnectivity um, and, and that you know, studies show that neuroplasticity and all of these things happen around um, the use of psilocybin. So that means that different parts of your brain are talking to different parts of your brain in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. you, you wake up, you operate on this default mode network um, and you get into routines. And if those routines and those neurological pathways that you're reinforcing with those routines are based in, you know, negative self-talk or, you know, depressive episodes or, or these sorts of things that really, you know, get to us, then that's what we're reinforcing. And so kind of when you, when you allow for more neuro- neural connectivity, we're seeing that it kind of gives you a little bit of a fresh, uh, you know, fr- fresh powder on, on the mountain, you know, is right. something that yeah. I hear, for, you know, people refer to. So um, being able to lift yourself out of your um, everyday way of thinking and seeing things from a new perspective, it really just, just does shift where the light sort of comes in and, and where it can come out of you. Um, and when you're dealing with um, depression and different, um, you know, anxieties specifically related to hormones, this is a tool that you have to create a relationship with where you can find where does this best support me, but it can be an incredible ally too. I think that, um, like, I love the um, analogy of the, the mountain, the snow. I read that, like, you know, your brain is is made up of these, like, trails that you've skied down the mountain so many times on the same trail and then you put fresh powder on and you create a new trail and like the the idea of neuroplasticity which is becoming more and more prevalent it's so important because as someone who has experienced trauma I find it really hopeful to know that there is a an opportunity to remap your brain. And we didn't used to believe that that was true. We used to believe that you would fix the problem, not just create a new reality for yourself or a new solution. And there's some really great books out there on um, training your brain and remapping your brain. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I liked about the microdosing that I found so hopeful was that, um, you know, using it in the morning to start my day and to set some intentions. Someone told me to set my intention for the day when I would microdose, Mm -hmm. which um, I thought was really great. Like if I was doing the stress, um, the stress capsules, I would say, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to yell today. I'm just going to take things in stride. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Whereas normally my anxiety would take over and I would tell myself that I overbooked or I was failing. And I, I found a big difference with that. And when I tried the, um, the brain boost, I really like, I love that one because I do have a focus problem and it's made worse by, um, by the pandemic and everyone being at home and feeling overwhelmed and depressed and anxious. So my focus is the first thing to go. And those, those capsules really did, whether it was, you know, all in my head, but, or not, those capsules worked for me. I found I had intense focus, at least for the first couple of hours of the day. And I don't ever have intense focus. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, there was a study that recently came out. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the leads on it was uh, Dr. Robin Carhart-Harris. And it was actually a, um, it put psilocybin uh, to test the efficacy against um, I'm going to mess up the word, escalatopram, probably messed it up. It's Can't a, pronounce um, that, so I don't even know. <laughs> what is yeah, that? it's an SSRI. It's, it's oh, a, okay. a, a, yeah, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So, um, and one of the, one of the more um, widely prescribed um, antidepressants. And um, uh, the abstract sort of shows that, you know, maybe, maybe it, it doesn't, maybe it, it did help. And then you read Dr. Carhart Harris's uh, open letter on it. And it, ba- and it basically says, we found that psilocybin is more effective than SSRIs. And we just can't really say it right now yet (laughs) because, you know, the journal that published it sort of, uh, and I'm very much paraphrasing that to be clear. Um, uh, You know, the journal that put it out, the the title didn't really express what the, the sort of the profundity of the, of the, um, you know, the results that the, that the doctors and everybody was really excited about. So, um, you know, I know I've been working with patients for, um, 10 years in seeking out different ways to heal themselves um, and to support the way that they are healing themselves with other um, plant and natural uh, medicines. And, you know, when, um, when people sometimes they'll try cannabis and, 
you know, they find some relief with pain or, or sleep health and, and stress relief. Um, and then really the question becomes, well, why, you know, why am I still feeling this way in, you know, in my head? Why am I still having, you know, anxiety or depressive episodes or, you know, why can't I talk nicely to myself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and psilocybin um, and psychedelic medicines and entheogens um, and empathogens and all of these uh, molecules that are getting a, a renaissance um, are, have really been looked at, you know, for the past 50 years before they became uh, illegal as, um, as miracle cures and miracle um, therapies for uh, for all sorts of things, all the way from uh, addiction to um, to depression, um, PTSD, um, you know, smoking cessation, alcohol reduction, and um, and we're just at such an exciting time right now where people are going to see these medicines become available in the mm-hmm. next uh, over the next decade through our our standardized clinical approaches. And at the same time, we are also seeing a great movement for decriminalizing these medicines because of their uh, the very nat you know the very natural essence of their existence and the fact that they have been available to people and used responsibly um, with natural practitioners for uh, forever really. So um, there will be different uh, different access routes to this, and you will see you know you you can always go online and you know kind of Google buy you know magic mushrooms in Canada and, and you'll find spores available to you and you'll find uh, and you'll find actual capsules available to you. Uh, but at the same time, you can also apply to um, you know any number of the studies that are going on right now. Uh, speak to your doctor about perhaps um, referring for access if uh, if that is something that you do want to to try out as well and um, and I'm really really excited to see these medicines become available to people because um, I've just seen such profound change in, in individuals' lives. My focus has been mostly with women um, as the caregivers of families and you know those who are making decisions for the future generation and, and showing them what to think and, and how to think about how to care for their bodies. And, and at the same time, taking care of our, our parents and our aging parents who we don't want to see, um, you know, we want to see people living and dying better here in North America. And I think we have an option with these psychedelics to, to support both life and, and the transition cycle with them. Can we talk a little bit about the side effects? I mean, when we mm-hmm. when we talk about pharmaceuticals, the thing that I love most about holistic therapies and and trying to find new ways of healing my body, um, and having been a cancer survivor myself, is you know having to rely on Western medicine that can save my life, but doing incorporating other things into my life to help heal my body. Because the thing with a lot of pharmaceuticals is they are treating the problem and and they can help and save many lives. But a lot of the time there comes a list full of side effects and say, when I was going through treatments and doing chemo, it was killing, you know, what needed to be killed there at the time, but it was also killing everything else that was healthy in me. So it was trying to find ways to heal my body through holistic therapies, which I did very successfully. So it's important for us when we talk about holistic medicine to understand, are there any side effects when we're, when we're speaking about psilocybin that, that our listeners need to worry about? Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, at no time do you want to feel intoxicated while you're with your family or trying to take care of your kids. So, you know, that's the number one, uh, you know, always ensuring that um, you're being very cognizant of the, uh, the amount of the uh, substance that you're taking as well and making sure that you're not going to be putting yourself um, in a situation where you're not. And, and, and I will answer the question about side effects um, in a minute, but I do want to point out something very specific about the concept of set and setting, um, and even, uh, you know, which is such an important um, pillar of, of a successful psychedelic experience, even on a microdose level. And, and that goes back to what you're talking about with your intention, Jack. So that's yeah. really about, um, you know, that you're creating your mindset and you are holding space and, and making sure that you're in a physical setting where you're also safe to do that. So that's what set and setting mean. And so that really does um, 
affect your experience with these mind manifesting. And so that will affect your experience with the side effects or the, you know, the, the effects of these in, in uh, overall. So I just wanted to kind of so essentially saying <laughs> having a bad trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, Ramona. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's Ramona just dumb it down, it down a little bit. Yeah, so the, bad, the bad trip of it all. So, but your, your mindset going into it, has uh, needs to have confidence. Where did you get these from? Did you educate yourself? Are you taking, uh, you know, have you taken care of your body in other ways today? Have you eaten? Like all of these things contribute to that part, that safe container that you're creating for this. And then making sure that your physical setting is also going to be conducive to mitigating any sort of side effects, right? Making sure that you don't have that bad trip. Or you don't so have making those. sure there's no like a couple kids schooling from home and a husband and a dog and all that like swirling around <laughs> you when the when you, maybe your first dose happens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Note to self. <laughs> yeah, ch- check in, check in. You know, make sure you've got a couple hours. Um, to, uh, and always going low, and always you know starting low and going slow with these things, um, building that relationship with it, as I say. Um, but for some people, uh, you know, this is the relief. Um, out of that experience in your head while you still have to be there physically. So it might be, you know, making sure that you don't have to drive, making sure that you don't have any stressful phone calls that that might come up, uh, that might kind of uh, instigate some anxiety in you. And if you're feeling um, not at your baseline, your normal, you know, your, your normal, then, then that's the kind of thing that can start to get into, you know, and can increase or intensify any, any negative feelings around it. So um, important to note the set and setting around how that can affect the, um, the actual experience itself. Um, and then you're looking at um, ensuring that, uh, you know, the side effects of psilocybin are, are what we know to be. Sometimes you're giggling, sometimes you're laughing. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, there's a little bit more mirth in your day. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, with different species of, of psilocybin, you'll have different effects. So there's a, specific, there's a species called, um, you know, Cubensis B, and that's uh, something that many people, um, or B+, plus, and, and many people have had uh, sort of your, your classic situation where you're laughing and you might, things look a little bit more sparkly, but then you might, uh, you know, if someone talks about a, a golden teacher, which is a different, um, uh, you know, a different species or a different, a different mushroom, you are having a little bit more of an introspective or a mind-based or a philosophical experience. And, and um, you know, some of them are more hallucinatory. So that will, uh, that will affect your experience with them. And um, this is anything from increase, it really just increases your awareness. So this could be uh, increased auditory awareness, or, you know, like I said, sort of seeing a little bit of an alighting, you know, the light might, um, you know, interact with, you know, the sky or the trees a little bit more differently. And you'll go, okay, maybe I'm feeling something here. But (laughs) if you're on a microdose, ideally, you do not want to feel any intoxication, you want to find somewhere where you can, you know, you can uh, be comfortable to operate your, your day-to-day. And when you're taking a little bit more than, let's say, you know, 0.5 uh, dried grams to, you know, to around one dried, dried grams, they call that sort of a social dose or a museum dose is actually what that's called. Museum? And, and, and my, yeah, a museum dose. And much like the name suggests, have a lovely day walking through the museum, you know, so, oh. <laughs> you know, not your, not your average day, but, but maybe you would take a museum dose for a hike, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe you would take a museum dose for, you know, your, your girl's night with a movie, uh, or those kinds of things where it's a little bit more social. Um, and, and that's where you're feeling the effects a little bit more. And I always say it's, it's an alighting of the senses. Uh, and some of those senses might be touch or taste or, or, or smell. And, um, and then of course, our sixth sense, checking with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and being able to, to ground yourself. The nice thing about um, a, a psychedelic experience is it is a mind manifesting experience. So if you are not enjoying what is happening right now, I always suggest get up and go somewhere else. Do something differently. Mm-hmm. Change the experience with you know, you know, everything around you. And you will, ex- you will change the, the experience for yourself. And I really do have to say, though, that for a microdose, like um, 50 milligrams, maybe to 100 milligrams, I think I was taking... Um, you really don't feel anything. And I know a lot of people are really afraid to try that first dose because they are afraid of what's going to happen. I felt nothing. Like if anything, you know, like I said earlier, it was more when I looked back and on my day that I realized how it had impacted me, but I really didn't feel 
anything different while it was happening. Mm -hmm. I felt totally normal and fine, good to carry on a conversation, focus, like nothing wonky about it. I'm yeah. curious though, if you incorporate it part of your day to day and you know the dosage that you take where you just feel like I've rounded the edges, I'm able to function normally and that's what I'm comfortable with. I don't need a museum dose. I just want this to be incorporated in my life. I'm feeling mm -hmm. my cognition has improved. My mood has improved. Are you able when you're talking about like the different kinds of mushrooms, like is it as easy to say like this is my dose and that your experience remains the same indefinitely? To, to, to a certain degree, yes, absolutely. Once, you know, once we as as consumers feel stabilized on on the substance that we're taking and you know that can be anything from any pharmaceutical or uh you know that you're taking regularly but once you find that you're you feel stabilized in your use of it um you can feel comfortable knowing that that's um going to be uh going to be your dose now always reminding and, and always speaking about the integrative aspect of this that you know your dose uh, and your experience might be affected by many other things in your day. And I think that's kind of why so much of what we do um, in the education aspect and, the, and, the, and at the retreat and, and in my other work with, uh, with MAPS and whatnot is talking about how important it is to, to hold the container for yourself. Um, so, you know, being very important to, um, to ensure that we're looking at our whole health and all of the different environmental variables that are going to affect affect us. So yes, we can have a consistent dose and that's, you know, that's what you know that you can take and feel confident to go around your day and have, you know, the benefits that you're used to, but also just being aware of, um, you know, what's happening around you and your relationships uh, with individuals and with your environment and, uh, and with your physical body. That makes um, sense. It does make sense. Like, on a, just like on a really uh, tactical note, one of the things I've heard about microdosing, if you're going to try it, is um, try three days on, two days off. Like, like, do we acclimatize to the dose and then have to gradually increase it to see any benefit, or can you do it every day? Like, what is there a recommendation, or is it all very personal and customizable based on our needs and our own sort of physiology? Uh, yes, to both of those things. I know that you love when I answer those questions. I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, it is absolutely about an individual relationship that you are able to find your best route to to care throughout the day. But what you're referring to in this three day on and three day uh, and then taking a break, it's um, is referred to as the Fadiman protocol. Protocol. So it's F A D I M A N. And James Fadiman is a um, a renowned uh, researcher and um, and facilitator in this well, an academic um, <clears throat> and when he's specifically saying three days off you're, you're looking at um, you know taking your dose having your um, your uh, integration day and then having a rest day so going every three days to give yourself uh, a, that time to return to baseline to to integrate the experience and then to ensure that you're, you know, obviously still going into your next uh, dose day with confidence, having having rested. Uh, and that protocol it was based mostly on on the use of LSD. Um, and psilocybin does interact uh, with our serotonin, um, our our serotonin system, or the, the system that sort of governs our very complex uh, serotonin um, distribution. And um, and so when you're working with LSD, it is a little bit different than psilocybin. I'm not going to get into the science beyond it, but I am going mm -hmm. to say that um, doing some research on what protocol is best for you is, is definitely um, something that I would suggest. Um, I personally find great success using microdosing for, you know, sometimes up to five days at a time in a row. Um, you do build uh, a little bit of a tolerance to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I usually... Um, I usually add something else to that to that microdose, much like much like you're doing, Jackie, where you're you know being very intentional with it. You know, if I have a really busy day, then I'm generally taking it with you know some cordyceps and you know having a, a putting a little bit of you know espresso in with my cocoa kind of thing, and and you know really supporting the fact that I'm going to need energy 
Um, and, you know, and then of course with, with stress, I might add a little bit of, you know, ashwagandha or whatever the case, but um, there have been people who have reported taking this, you know, every day for a month and, you know, they feel okay, but you don't really feel, you don't feel the feelings. <laughs> yeah. that you have yeah. um so you know it is best in my experience to keep a little bit of a journal um do a lot of research and um you know starting with the three-day protocol is definitely a very safe place to start actually just to your point about like, taking other things to support it like when it comes to fungi in general like when we're you know even if we weren't doing psilocybin but like as you mentioned like if we're taking turkey tail or cordyceps or anything like that if if you were using it for one day to support yourself you knew you were having a stressful day would it would it be helpful or like i assumed that it would need to be like a cumulative thing like you you know when you take your b12 or your whatever that you know you don't really see an effect for six to eight weeks um is it the same with mushrooms uh, to a certain degree, you absolutely want to be taking these on in a, in a maintenance way to really see the best benefit. And that's when you hear, you know, those really great reports of, you know, individuals being able to, um, to lessen, you know, certain things like perhaps, you know, ADHD medications or, or, mm -hmm. you know, support them so that you're actually, you know, sort of almost increasing the efficacy. Um, and, and none of this, of course, has been, you know, proven in clinical trials, but um, around the world, we see people using these to to support their their healthcare, and I do find that when I'm taking cordyceps that day, I do absolutely feel more energy. And you know, individuals that I've spoken to have said the same thing as well. Um, as far as you know, right now we're in a time where we really want to support our immune systems, and we really want to support our health to be as optimal as possible. So looking at, you know, reishi and shaga and turkey tail and lion's mane, and, you know, these are all very powerful medicines and they're available to us, uh, you know, well.ca, like, oh, don't get like, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not affiliated with them, but like, you know, I pick up the stuff from, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, on recommendation, I know uh, rainbow mushroom, uh, rainbow without the W is, has amazing tinctures and they will put those combinations in there. And so finding a way to incorporate that, um, not only does that actually affect your body because of the molecules that are, you are taking, but it also does affect your commitment to yourself. And, mm -hmm. and that is such a crucial piece of this. And it's why I'm always talking about, you know, evolving to the next step of healthcare, because we know that, you know, creating patterns and, um, you know, I'll use the word ritual around uh, certain things um, really gives us a sense of grounding and confidence. And, you know, when we look at the word or the, the concept of social medicine, you know, we are the way we are health-wise because of so many different things. And so it's time to start acknowledging that with the technology and the science that we have and look at new ways to support um, mental health. And, um, you know, I think that um, especially with the work that's happening in the medical community, um, you know, I do have the retreat, but I, I also am a co-founder of, uh, of a bioscience company here uh, in Canada, which is called GoodCap Pharmaceuticals. And that company exists solely to bring to market um, through clinical trials these many different mushroom-based medicines that we know to be very effective mm -hmm. um, and luckily have been able to, uh, to collect data on and work with in, in a legal environment for quite a while. So um, it's, going to, uh, it's going to becoming more of a, uh, a media topic here in Canada. Um, I think as, as the government kind of gets ahead of it to, to help regulate this stuff. And, um, and I'm just uh, very optimistic for, I think we all need a little bit of hope right now. And yeah, um, we sure and do. definitely, mm -hmm. definitely some hope here. The one thing I do want to say, um, just as somebody who, um, you know, like the rest of us, the New York Times or the New Yorker came out with a great article about the feeling that we're feeling right now, which is called languishing, or we're not really, mm, I it, yeah. Yeah, we're not really stressed. We're not the, we just literally have no energy or motivation or drive. And so I went on Zoloft. I needed a little extra help. And um, I have spoken to a lot of uh, friends about the microdosing and, and the benefits and how it can really help us during this time and during perimenopause and menopause. But I do want to point out that um, although we're talking about something that's natural with the mushrooms, the psilocybin, um, I was advised not to be taking it in conjunction 
with an SSRI, like an antidepressant or any anxiety. So I think a lot of women who might be on those might look to this as something that they can add to their regimen. And I really feel like that's something you should probably talk to your doctor about because I, I heard it's a no-no. I could be wrong. Well, yeah, no, you do want absolutely to, to ensure that you're not um, combining anything that would be contraindicated. Um, the, uh, you know, we do have some information available to us online that people can look up to, obviously speak to your, your, your doctor about this, but there is also, um, there's a resource, it's called the Spirit Pharmacist, the Pharmacist Spirit, and, um, and he actually has a, a table and has done the research and the work uh, and has a little bit of information there. So um, what I would suggest is perhaps doing a little bit of research on your own and, and then perhaps bringing that to your GP because unfortunately uh, a lot of medical professionals right now are um, having to do a big Google on this to, to figure out mm -hmm. where it fits into their practice or how it does. And, um, and we'll we do include know some that. Sorry, we'll include some resources too in the post that we have found helpful so that you know we can help women to look this up and learn a little bit more on their own before they go to their doctor and that's yeah, only well, assuming women who are on antidepressants and anti-anxieties yeah I, I absolutely and you know if you're you know on uh, a dnri such as you know wellbutrin or something then you know uh, really the, most people report that the effects are not even felt because of the way that that um, that particular um, antidepressant is interacting with your serotonin. So, you know, SSRIs, um, SPARIs, um, SNRIs, talk to your doctor. Usually um, you're going to be recommended or you'll find a report of someone saying, you know, taper this down, discontinue use at least two weeks prior or um, ensure that you're tapering to a very low dose um, so that you're not putting yourself at risk in any way. And, uh, and so that you're also um, getting a good experience out of this. You know, if you're going to put the time and energy into it, you want to make sure that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be successful to, for you in some way. Yeah, we agree. Um, and I think it's really important to look up maps and figure out, you know, who you can talk to to figure out the best place to get this support if you are interested in psilocybin or any other yeah, types of mushrooms. A, MAPS is a great resource. It is mm -hmm. uh, a community and you can find local people there for you. MAPS will not give you information on how to source psilocybin. Just wanted to be clear on that one. Okay. Okay. Great. Irie, thank you so much for joining us. That was, that was really informative. This is a brand new topic. It's um, new territory for many of us, uh, not for you. And uh, we look forward to a time when we can actually go visit your retreat in Jamaica. Yeah, yes, maybe absolutely. it's She 2.0 in Jamaica. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, I would, I would urge you to keep your eye up here because we're going to see what we can do here uh, on home ground. It's, um, it's important to keep this work going. And, um, and if we can't travel, then uh, we're going to make sure the government keeps up with us here. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Thank Thanks you so, so much. Thank you for joining us. That was, that was great information. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Bye.